Before we get started, I want to talk to you all about WD Marketing Group. WD Marketing Group is a Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all of their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. WDMG has helped clients in a wide variety of industries surpass sales and growth goals while maintaining true brand identity for the client. Your business is too valuable not to market. Let us help you. You can find WD Marketing Group on the web at www.wdmarketinggroup.com. And if you mention this podcast, you'll get 10% off of full services for a full year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Against the Shift podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Luker, along with my other co-hosts, Elizabeth Keene and Kate Smith. Um, guys, what a weekend of regional baseball. Um, you know, how, what did y'all think of it? It was uh, kind of insane. The Stillwater, the Stillwater Regional really pops off the page this weekend. One of the one of the best regionals I think I've ever seen in my 20 years of living. Just, I mean, Oklahoma State being down like that, looking dead in the water, down 12 runs against uh, Missouri State, and then winning 29-15, which was a higher score than their football game earlier in the year when they played, and then coming back all the way and forcing the game seven against Arkansas. Um, after what happened the first time they played Arkansas in the 19 to 12 game, um, that's that really popped off the page to me. That's one of the best regionals I've ever seen. Yeah, Elizabeth, what did you think? You know, you know, it's a good um, weekend of baseball when I'm looking at my bracket right now, by the way, and your bracket is just all messed up because all these different teams that you didn't think would get there got there, and the teams you like expected didn't get there. Um, really good weekend from Arkansas, um, like in the Stillwater Regional, like Cade said. Personally, I also love the Stanford Regional, um, partially because I don't have ESPN Plus, so I had to kind of watch what I could. But I very much enjoyed that Stanford-Texas State game. I think the – and it's um, – no secret, everyone's pretty much seen it at this point, how that Louisville Regional ended up with that kind of looked like a blown call by the ump, in my opinion. Um, Really tough break for Michigan, really lucky break for Louisville, but we'll see where that goes. Overall, it was a crazy weekend. Some big, big numbers put up. I think uh, the SEC West, another thing, kind of considered to be down all year four teams in the supers and uh, you know Arkansas Ole Miss they, they appeared to be down this year and look at them where they always are in a super regional um, LSU obviously being really really close right there would have been the fifth SEC, SEC West team to uh, uh, to be in a super so obviously in a year where many many people thought the West was down uh, turns out maybe they just beat up on each other a lot throughout the year uh, maybe we overreacted to um, how down the SEC actually was. Yeah, I think that was definitely a part of it. Um, these regionals were great, I'm not going to lie. I, I had plenty of time to watch them. I was sitting on a beach watching them. I was watching – I mean, I was doing everything, um, watching as many games as possible. Some some things that I'd like to touch on, my Texas State Bobcats, unfortunately, did not get the job done. Um, heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss in game seven against Stanford. Um, but, you know, they battled. And, you know, like you said, Elizabeth, that Michigan-Louisville call really turned that whole cause that whole series. Because that was a game seven, obviously, that, and 
you know, that call kind of shifted everything in that game. And, and in my opinion, um, it was too close to definitively say. And so I would have stuck with the call on the field, which was out. Um, and he looked out to me, but I, I, I'm still shocked that how they called that safe. I'm I like, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't. And it's awful for Michigan. You know, we saw them make a run in 2019 and, you know, they kind of came up out of nowhere winning the big 10 and, you know, they had, I mean, they were playing great and it's, it's a tough, tough loss. It's, it's heartbreaking really to have, you know, your, an umpire make that call and it kind of, you know, ruins your, your season almost. Obviously they still had chances, but I mean, baseball is, you just need that one break and then everything shifts. Um, personally, my favorite regional, obviously Stillwater was spectacular. Um, underrated regional for me was the Hattiesburg regional. Um, you know, Kennesaw state played really, really well. They played Southern, I think in an elimination game, that game went into extras in Southern. And you could have beat LSU the, the first time they played almost up eight runs, seven yes. runs, eight runs in the first game. Yes. That, that whole regional was just electric, um, and absolutely loved it. I'm terrified to play in Hattiesburg this weekend. Um, so that that was just, you know, a great, great regional. Didn't really watch too much of the uh, Virginia Tech regional. Um, and so I watched the Oregon. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, some really great games. But, um, you know, we now have our super regional set. So uh, let, let's get – let's dig a little bit deeper into each regional matchup. Um, I guess let's start with the uh, the Knoxville regional um, Elizabeth, what did you huh? Oh, uh, we, we we're going over. Um, we're going over like recapping each regional. Yeah, just gonna run through some quick things right. about it. You know, this this Knoxville regional was kind of, um, you know, had a lot of people upset this weekend. So, Elizabeth, what what were your thoughts about this Tennessee team and this Knoxville regional? Um, as for Tennessee, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of knew they would win. I think. Campbell put up a good fight while they were in it. Georgia Tech put up a good fight while they were in it. Um, Alabama State, you know, maybe they weren't in it for a long time, but they were in it for a good time. Tennessee, uh, I mean, even when they fell behind, I felt like everyone kind of knew that they were going to come on back up. And when I was not surprised, not necessarily what I would have liked to have seen. Um, We had Mississippi State – had Campbell last year in their regional, and they were some pretty awesome people, kind of made a little connection there. So kind of I, – I did want Campbell to win. I'm not going to lie. Um, yes, I think I think every everyone in America outside of Tennessee fans were all on the uh, Campbell fighting camels train, um, especially after they showed a picture of some Marlboro, Marlboros in their, uh, yes. in their dugout. That was just absolutely – um, elite. Cade, what what do you think about this Tennessee team, and what did you take away from this regional? Uh, Tennessee, they're good for baseball. Um, it's good to have a villain, uh, somebody that everybody can, you know, kind of hate. And I'm one of the people that hate. Um, huge hater. Uh, I did think Tennessee so showed some uh, – they showed some human elements. Um, obviously, near the back half of their year, they also looked a lot more human. Um, you know, they don't need to fall down to Notre Dame next weekend uh, four to nothing twice. I can promise you that uh, against teams that might can pitch a little bit better. Uh, they might be in trouble. H- however, though, you know, t- 
Tennessee was Tennessee. They're, you know, 56 and seven now for a reason. They find a way to win baseball games. That's what they did this weekend and kind of what we all expected. Uh, however, I, I came away really impressed with, with Tech and Campbell. That, that's, that was a pretty tough. That's a pretty tough regional for a one seed because, you know, Tech can really swing it. Campbell can really swing it. Uh, Tennessee can really swing it, too. It was uh, a lot of firepower offensively um, in that regional. But, I, I mean, yeah, I think Tennessee is good uh, for the sport in terms of, you know, being the villain. You know, every good sport's got to have a villain that we all hate. And uh, they fit the perfect description of that. Um but I did, I did see some invincibilities there, and I saw some things that you know Notre Dame might can take advantage of going forward. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I see t- Tennessee. I, I'm definitely a hater, and I know that that's going to shock some people. But probably not, but I just really, it's I can't even lie about it. I really do not like the way they play baseball. Um, I am perfectly fine with bat flips. I am perfectly fine with K struts. I want baseball to be fun. You know, I love it. Ronald Acuna, love him. You know, great player to watch. Jazz Chisholm, all these guys, I'm perfectly fine with that. But there's a certain line that I think you just don't cross. And I think Tennessee, along with their their coach, has, has crossed it a lot this season. Um, and it'd be different if, you know, they didn't complain when it happened back to them. You know, obviously, Bama came in there and won on Friday night. And literally uh, high five. They were high yeah. fiving, and and these Tennessee players were like, "Oh, they're still yeah, okay." Don't. I'm and then you know off. Auburn, Auburn's bat flip. They had a bat flip, and Vitello threw the bat back at the Auburn players. Threw the bat at the Auburn. I mean, you know, if you're gonna you know do it your way, and you know bat flips, and, and like I said, whatever you want to do, that's fine. But you you got to be able to take it right back. And yes. uh, I think that's what makes them so unlikable. It's two of the times that we've seen them get punched in the mouth this year in the same way that Tennessee punches teams in the mouth. They've complained about it. And, you know, I think there would be a lot less hate there if everybody's like, oh, wow, they're fun. Oh, and they allow others to have fun. But, no, it's uh, only fun for us for Tennessee. And I'm a big believer in the baseball gods. Um, uh, And it'll get taken care of. It'll get taken care of. Because yeah. the sport is cruel to people that don't respect it. No, I, I agree to that. It's cruel to people who respect it. It's cruel to people who respect it, too, unfortunately. So instead of going through and breaking down every single regional, I think we're just going to do a quick little um, recap of them. So so Notre Dame won the, um, won the Georgia Southern Regional. Um, no shock to me, but a little bit of shock to y'all. Is I'm, if I remember correctly, y'all both picked Texas State. Um, Texas won the Austin Regional. East Carolina won their regional. Texas A&M won their regional. Louisville, um, you know, after being in the loser's bracket, came back and won their regional. Oklahoma upset Florida and won that regional. Virginia Tech won their regional with ease. Um, Stanford won their regional after being in the loser's bracket. UConn, a team Cade was very high on, um, upset Maryland. Um, North Carolina won their regional after a tough, tough battle with the VCU Rams. Uh, Arkansas won the regional of a lifetime in the Stillwater regional. Um, Ole Miss did not have any problems in the uh, Coral Gables regional, which was a shock to me. Southern Miss fought, fought back from the loser's bracket to win their regional. Auburn won their regional with ease, and Oregon State won their regional as well. Vanderbilt coming just short. So let's go through and let's just you know pick four players that we um, 
that we thought really, you know, kind of like an all-regional team, but just four players. Elizabeth, who are four players that really stood out to you this weekend? Okay. Um, obviously, uh, Tim Elko, I feel like that's a given. I mean, come on. You set the Ole Miss single-season home run record in a regional. You prove why you're the captain. I feel like that's an obvious one. I feel like actually everyone on this podcast right now is going to say that. But I have another Ole Miss person, and that may surprise you because I do attend Mississippi State. And this one is my favorite Ole Miss player and has been ever since he's been at Ole Miss. And I can't explain why, but, like, he's my favorite. And it is the one and only Peyton Chatagnier. Because I think he had a very – I don't know if you say he was underrated, but, like, Looking at his stats, he went 7 for 13, 10 RBI, 3 runs, 3 doubles, 2 home runs. That is phenomenal. That is a phenomenal regional um, performance. Then we had two – I had two that I liked that ended up winning their – they were named to their regional teams, and they were named the MVPs. And that's Skylar Messenger from Texas, who had a good little showing – and then Cam Masterman from Louisville, which his stats were a little bit less than, like, the others. Um, but three home runs in four games, that's pretty impressive. Two doubles in four games, pretty impressive. And then one more, I'm throwing in another one. My favorite, what was the word that Ruskin used? It's blanking on me now, of course. Rental player, my favorite rental player, and Michael Turner, two home runs, 11 RBI, five runs scored, a double, and then bat 400 after being called a rental player on radio where anyone can hear it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I agree with with basically everything you said. What, what Ruskin said about Michael Turner is just completely um, inappropriate in terms of, you know, I'm not for kids like people bashing college players. I I'm, I just don't agree with it. But yes, uh, he had a great clutch regional. Um, so did Peyton Chatagnier. You know, there's an argument to be made that without Peyton Chatagnier, the Ole Miss Rebels do not win the uh, the regional because he had so many clutch at bats. Kate, uh, what do you think? And who were your four standout players? Um, I agree with she she mentioned. I just wanted to kind of add on to one. Uh, Peyton Graham at Oklahoma. Um, no, to no surprise, really, he, he's been scorching hot for the last several weeks for Oklahoma. And he came into the Gainesville Regional, just kind of owned it. Um, we, we all kind of called the Oklahoma thing. We all kind of saw it. But uh, I, I didn't really expect to that degree for Peyton, for Peyton Graham to come in there and put on a clinic the way he did. Um, and then I'm going to go kind of a whole team, if, that, if that's legal. Don't know if that's legal. Don't care. Um, but Auburn the entire Auburn roster uh, stuck out to me uh, because I'm not going to lie. They got, they got put in a regional where I kind of thought, you know, they're in a tough regional, Florida state, UCLA, uh, Southeastern Louisiana, that's Southeastern Louisiana beat both, you know, Arkansas and Ole Miss this year in the regular season. And so that's, that's a tough draw. And uh, I know that, you know, all of us didn't expect Auburn to come out there like that um, and completely dominate all three games in every facet. Uh, but they did and looked really, really impressive in doing so. Pitching staff, hitting all the way around, absolutely dominated Florida State, UCLA, and uh, Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, so I don't know if that's uh, 
kind of legal for me to say um, in terms of the question you're asking in terms of players. Uh, but Auburn just in general, really, really, which obviously pains me to say um, them, uh, Peyton Graham, and then obviously Elko, Chatnier, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but man, that Auburn baseball team looks really, really good all of a sudden right now. Yeah, Auburn. I was. Tr- it's funny because I was trying to go through and pick my my players, you know, that I wanted to put in, and I was like, man, this Auburn team exploded offensively. And I was trying to pick one guy, you know, in their lineup, and I was like, you just can't. You really can't because they all had just phenomenal weekends. Um, for me, Tim Elko obviously is up there. What he has done in his career at Ole Miss is absolutely insane. What he did in that regional was even crazier. Um, you know, he just lit it up like Tim Elko does. Um, Peyton Chatney is another one. He kind of struggled this season, turned it on at late, and, you know, just I, I cannot, you know, he had a massive two-out um, basis clearing or two RBI. I can't remember. Basis yeah, clearing. Yeah, basis basis clearing. Got all three. Yeah, um, in that first game against Arizona, and that was a tie game in the eighth or ninth. And, I mean, I cannot tell you how huge that was because if you lose that game and you go into the loser's bracket with Ole Miss's arms, they weren't going to come out of it. And for what Peyton Chatnier did for that team this weekend, I mean, props to him. Michael Turner as well, after being called a rental player, you know, completely turned it on in this regional. Um Probably that entire there. lineup did really though. I mean, like, I mean, no, yeah. we kind of knew we kind of knew Arkansas had it there. We just haven't seen it all year. We've been kind of wondering where it is. And I think Michael Turner kind of exemplifies exactly what you're talking about there. You know, it's been there all year. Just a horrifying lineup waiting to explode. And here no, they are. Yeah, yeah it, it was there all year. I just think it was really, really awesome of him to you know, come out after he was called a rental player and everything like that and just completely dominate that regional. Um, had a clutch, clutch um, RB, two RBIs with a, uh, a double, adding some insurance runs. And obviously in that regional, you know, you needed all the runs you could get. Um, and then I've got to go with Peyton Graham as well from Oklahoma. Um, you know, just, just a great regional they had there. Um, and we did all see that coming. So, you know, Florida, sorry, but Oklahoma is, is on a roll right now. So let's look back at our regional picks. Um, and actually, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's gonna let's go ahead and break down the super regionals because enough of the past. These super regionals are great, and uh, I'm really excited for them. So let's start with the uh, Tennessee and Notre Dame regional. Uh, having this one, um, I got Tennessee, and uh, not no slight on Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I, I was wrong. Uh, I picked Tech uh, in the regional. Uh, and I thought, you know, moment too big kind of thing for Notre Dame once again. And, no, uh, they were very composed. Uh, I know in the regional final they had uh, uh, Jace Young up uh, to bat top ten pick for Texas Tech coming up in the MLB draft. And, you know, just one pitch went out, and his career was over and sat him down with burners in scoring position everything. So, moment could have got too big for Notre Dame there. It didn't. Um I, I don't think it matters. I think Tennessee's just too good. Um, like I said, they're they're flawed. I wouldn't be surprised the series goes to three. Uh, but just the depth, man, for Tennessee pitching and in the lineup, uh, they're just going to keep on coming uh, regardless. Uh, they're down 6 nothing, up 10 nothing, or at any given point, they can just explode. And 
they're going to wear you down with their depth. Um, reminds me, you know, to the reminds me of Alabama football back in the fourth quarter, long time ago when they played murder ball, and you know it's just inevitable that it's going to happen. They they got down four nothing twice this weekend, and not once did anybody budge. So that's just a testament to who they are, how good they are as a team, regardless of how much we all hate them. Um, but just from a depth standpoint, I don't think Notre Dame can hang. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Um, Elizabeth, what do you have? Um, I've got Tennessee again. I, like Cade, also picked Tech to win in Statesboro. Notre Dame won, but I will say that Tennessee can't afford to go down by a couple runs against Notre Dame. That won't be an easy, like, oh, we're just going to come back. That might be a little more difficult for them to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. Um, it's so hard for me to not pick Notre Dame here just because I, I rid the Notre Dame train all the way uh, – rode, rid. I rode the Notre Dame train all the way through the uh, Statesboro Regional. And, you know, I think – it's it's really it's heartbreaking for them because in back to back years they have to go to two of the toughest environments right now in college baseball. Last year they had to go to the Starkville Super Regional. This year they have to go to Knoxville, and that place is absolutely electric. Even if some of them don't know baseball, no offense. Um, but I, you know you've got to go with Tennessee. The depth. I mean, this might be one of the best college baseball teams I've ever seen. Um, it compares to those Miami teams in the 90s. It compare, I mean, those LSU teams. I, you, it's really hard to pick against them. So I've got Tennessee there. Um, moving on, let's move to the East Carolina Super Regional. So that is going to be Texas versus East Carolina, and they are a Friday, Saturday, Sunday Super Regional. Elizabeth, what do you have in this one? I think I said it last week. Um I've got Texas. There was a reason they were slated as the number one team in the country in the preseason. They kind of fell in the rankings. I will say it took a while for them to fall just because I think people wanted to keep them up there, knowing what they had. I like East Carolina. Um, even though they're that higher seed, they're kind of the underdogs, but I think I think Texas has got this one. Yep. Cade, what about you? Um, I want to go East Carolina. Uh, I, I think Texas is another, you know, very hateable school. Um, that doesn't matter when picking games, though. And once again, pitching depth, and you got a guy like Belendez in your lineup. Um, I mean, and East Carolina has been scorching. It's just from a talent and depth standpoint. Once again, um, you got to roll with Texas. And, you know, I also think there's a little bit of a Cliff Godwin factor. He's been to the Supers a lot and doesn't go to Omaha a lot. Um, so some of that kind of factors in as well. Um, a lot of these Texas guys have been there. Um, and I don't think it's going to be too big of a moment there. Uh, uh, there at East Carolina, uh, they've played in several environments that are going to be very, very similar to the one they're about to see just now. So the moment's not going to be very intimidating. They have the best hitter in college baseball and they have a really good pitching staff. And, you know, just from a depth standpoint, once again, I go Texas. You know, I feel for Cliff Godwin. I think he suffers from the same problem that Mike Bianco has, considering he's from the same coaching tree. You know, he's been to so many Super Regionals but can't get over the hump. I've got to go Texas here. The talent, 
that they have um, of Al Melendez, I he is just absolutely insane. And he really he had a good you know solid regional, but didn't really light the world on fire. Um, so I, I've got to go with Texas here in the fighting Matthew McConaughey's. So let's move to the Louisville and Texas A&M Super Regional. Um, let's see, Cade, who do you have in this one? My national champion, uh, Texas A&M. I love the middle of that order. Uh, and this, this, this Super Regional has uh, the makings for a ton, a ton of fireworks. Uh, two teams that can really, really swing it, uh, particularly, like I said, in the middle of the order for A&M. Uh, Dylan Rock, all those guys. Uh, you know, a and um, I, I kind of worry about their pitching staff and how it matches up with Louisville. You know, they kind of just piece things together um, outside of their, you know, outside of their number one. Uh, they just kind of piece, throw it together, and all right, let's go win a baseball game. And that's not going to really bode well for um, for them facing Louisville team that can swing it the way they do. That being said, I don't see Louisville's arms slowing down A and M either. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a shootout, and uh, I, I think I'd go A and M in three, uh, just because I love the middle of that order, and they were my pick to go to Omaha, so I'm gonna ride with them, gonna stay with them. Uh, I'll go A and M. Elizabeth, what about you? Yeah, same. Um, going with Texas A and M over here. Nothing against Louisville. I'm just not particularly overly impressed I guess you'd say I mean they're good they're in a super regional they're pretty good but they're not I really don't think they're quite at the level A&M is even though it's you know kind of been a year for A&M when really nobody expected this um they both are some pretty hard-hitting teams I do think A&M has the advantage so I'm going with A&M yeah, I've got to go with A&M as well. Something about SEC West teams that wear maroon um, when it comes to June, I, they just, you know, turn it on. They've been on fire, you know, at the latter half of the season. It's going to be hard to pick against them, especially at home. No disrespect to Louisville, but I really don't even think they should have won their own regional. Um, I think the umpire call really, really helped with that. So I've got to go with Texas A&M here. Moving on to the Blacksburg Regional, let's go Oklahoma at number four, Virginia Tech. Elizabeth, what do you have in this one? You know, Oklahoma has been, like, on fire as of late. But something tell- – I have Virginia Tech. I have them by a long shot. And I don't know if it's just me that feels this way because I know Virginia Tech, like, they've been a really um, – as the season's gone on, they've had a lot of attention on them. But at the same time, I still feel like they're kind of – maybe underrated isn't the right word, but, I mean, I feel like they are so overlooked, and they are so – they are a very good team. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think they're, they're – they're not underrated, but I think they're under the radar, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're, they've been consistent all year. I mean, they're a really, really good baseball team. Uh, Cade, what do you have in this one? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oklahoma here. Um, if if Miami in uh, that regional is, you know, anything to tell us about what the top of the ACC was this year, then I like Oklahoma because I, I came away very unimpressed. I, I looked at the numbers uh, for that Miami team. Obviously, not the Virginia Tech. Uh, I looked at the numbers for Miami. I'm like, those are really, really good numbers. And, you know, Walters and Punk, all the, all those guys, they had all kinds of, you know, what looked like on paper studs. And, you know, I kind of watched them, and they were really, really underwhelming. 
and I'm not sure how that series played out with Tech and Miami. Or, but I know that they were right there, uh, number four national seed versus number six. They were right there in the thick of things in the ACC together. And so just based on what I saw in Miami, and they had a very, very weak regional, uh, probably the weakest regional um, in college baseball. That one, or no, I, I'd probably lean that one. That one's probably the weakest regional in college baseball. I don't think they're that battle-tested. Obviously, y'all are underwhelmed with Louisville as well. Um, I'm underwhelmed with the ACC as a whole. I think Oklahoma, you know, they they faced them really like the Texases of the worlds. Um, TCU took A&M to the brink um, in a couple of their games last weekend in the Schloss Bowls, um, and they're hot. Oklahoma's really hot. I like Peyton Graham. I like Oklahoma, and I'm just I'm not thoroughly impressed with with the product that the ACC's put out this season. You know, I'm I'm torn on this one because it's it's hard to pick between you know Oklahoma and Virginia Tech for me because Oklahoma, like you said, Cade, Oklahoma is red hot. I mean, won the Big Twelve, won their regional, and you know Virginia Tech. I like you said, I don't think they've really been battle tested. Um, so I'm really really torn. I think I'm going to go Virginia Tech barely. I think all three games are close, but I think Virginia Tech barely pulls it out. Um, and, and they advance to Omaha. So let's move to the other side of the bracket. Kate, I'll let you go first for this one since you were very high on UConn, but it's going to be UConn heading to Stanford. Cade, what do you have in this one? Love, love UConn, dude. The pitching staff been super consistent all year, approaching 50 wins. I think they get win number 50, but um, I don't I don't think that. I think all three games are really, really close, but I like Stanford. Um, I like Stanford, you know, playing at home and I, I like the depth of Stanford. Um, I like how they, I like what they showed me last week. They didn't play their best baseball um, in several of their games and still won a very, very tough regional uh, played nowhere near their a plus baseball and beat what many team, what many people thought, you know, should have been a host uh, in Texas state. And along with Texas state in that regional, you just had, you know, 43 win UC Santa Barbara as well. Uh, congratulations for being the number two overall seed, Stanford. Um, but I, I like Stanford, and like I said, I'm I'm really high on UConn. I just think UConn has a tough draw here, um, and I think Stanford, the way they gutted out some wins, is very resemblant uh, of a team that can go to Omaha if you can win some games the way they won some games this past weekend. Yeah, Elizabeth, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Stanford as well. Um... It would be cool if UConn could, you know, feel kind of like a Cinderella story. I don't think there's battle tested. I don't know if they'll really be quite ready for what Stanford has to offer. And I mean, Stanford, for the past few years, they are very consistently, if I remember correctly, they were in Omaha last year. I mean, they are consistently getting deep in the postseason. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely, that's definitely true. I, you know, I've got to go with Stanford here as well. I was not the biggest fan of Maryland coming in, and this is no disrespect to UConn. They did a great job of winning that regional. But I just think Stanford, you know, had a much tougher regional and that they're going to be battle-tested. And I, I, I really think Stanford gets the job done. They're the model of consistency right now. Like you said, Elizabeth, they, you know, made it make it deep to the postseason almost um, every year. And, you know, just a, just a really good baseball team. And like you said, Kate, I don't think they played their best baseball this weekend. Um, so moving to the Chapel Hill Super Regional, Arkansas at North Carolina. Elizabeth, what do you have in this one? So this one, I when I made this bracket before regional started, I had 
Oklahoma State play in North Carolina. And obviously that did not happen. So while I would have picked North Carolina had they been playing anyone else, I think I've got to go with Arkansas on this one. I'm not overly impressed with North Carolina right now. They didn't have – I mean, they, they won their regional, but I don't think it was as impressive as I expected it to be. And Arkansas is heating up at the right time. They're kind of clicking now, and if they can keep clicking all together, offensively, defensively, pitching, they're going to beat North Carolina. They could beat them in two games. Wow, that's that's bold. Are you predicting a two-game sweep, or are you predicting it go three? No, I'm predicting a two-game sweep. You heard it here first. Wow. All right, Cade. Cade, what do you got for us? Uh, my Omaha, I had uh, you know, obviously North Carolina in it. I still have seven of my eight Omaha teams available. Um, thank you for ruining that, as you ruined so many other things, Vandy. Um, but I, I would I would revise mine as well, Elizabeth. Um, I, I'm gonna go Woo Pig here, um, and something about them this year has been much more likable to me. I'm not sure what that is. It's not Dave Van Horn, uh, but something about Arkansas has been a lot more likable this year. And you know, I love the defense in the middle infield. And Elizabeth, you made a good point. It it was a it was a rather weak regional, particularly Georgia sitting there as the two seed. They were really really unimpressive down the stretch. And I know North Carolina, you know, kind of had to fight uh, to keep their season alive against Georgia. Robbed a home run there uh, to prevent the game from being tied. I think in the top or bottom of the ninth, not sure which. But you know, they were fighting for their lives against uh, a team that's been very unimpressive as of late. Uh, and just based off what I've seen with Georgia and Arkansas, if you're struggling with Georgia, uh, you're fixing to uh, you're fixing to struggle with Arkansas. And obviously, uh, I mentioned this earlier. Arkansas has been a sleeping giant all year, and which is kind of weird to say they've won 41 games, but it kind of hasn't really felt like that. It's kind of felt like, uh, all right, wake up, line up, wake up, line up, and it just hasn't happened. And now the guys, Caden Wallace, Michael Turner, Lanzilli, all the boys, Jalen Battles. Jalen Battles hit that ball to the moon um, against Oklahoma State in game two. Um, the lineups finally woke up. Um, so, and the pitching staff, I, I don't think it was an accurate representation of what they are in Oklahoma State. I just think that was the, I just think that was the kind of, um, that was kind of the format of the regional. You know, everybody just kind of hit, but I don't think it's an accurate representation of what Arkansas is on the mound. They've been really impressive all year uh, from a pitching and defense standpoint. Everybody's just waited for the bats to come along, and the bats have come along. Um, so just like we all expected at the beginning of the year, um, regardless of the weird route they took, I think we're going to see Arkansas and Omaha. I agree with what what both of y'all said. They're heating up at the, at the right time. Um, and, you know, Arkansas fans are not very fond of me on Twitter. But I, I, I've really got to go Arkansas here. Um, I wasn't that impressed with North Carolina. I don't really think they were battle-tested. And Arkansas, I mean, they, I don't. I really don't like Dave Van Horn. I really, really, really don't like him. But I've got to go with him here. Um, and, you know, I just – I think they have so much talent, and they're finally turning it on. Like like you said, Cade, they're, they're a sleeping giant. Um, moving to arguably one of the most interesting regionals, the Ole Miss uh, – Rebels are going to face the Southern Miss Golden Eagles in Hattiesburg. Uh, Elizabeth, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. I know you go to state, but I, I think you, uh, I think you'll have an interesting pick for this one. So I want to hear it. Okay, you know this one pains me a little bit. Um, 
even though my dad went to Ole Miss and I arguably should be more excited about Ole Miss being in a super regional. Um, I, I'm excited. I'll admit it grudgingly. I will admit it with a grudge, but, um, I didn't really have either of those teams making it to the super regionals. I had LSU Miami and now we're in for a little treat. I think it's much more fun super regional with Ole Miss and Southern. My thing is um, Southern has been the consistent team all season. One of the best pitching staffs in the nation, but Ole Miss, they let the Reds get hot. And when you let the Reds get hot, you're in for a, you're in for a rude awakening. I think if Ole Miss's pitching staff can keep it together, they'll win. And based on what we've seen the past few weeks, I think Ole Miss is going to go to Omaha. And that, that hurts me to say, but I'm saying it. So you heard it here it first. Again. Elizabeth Keene is the good luck charm. and The Ole Miss Rebels are going to Omaha. And she's now an Ole Miss fan. Okay, Kay, what do you got for us? Ole Miss at Southern Miss. Um, I think it's going to be a really well-pitched series. Um. Really, really well pitched series. Um, obviously, you know, Loosh and Hunter Elliott threw great against um, threw great against uh, Miami and Arizona, respectively, um, in the regional. Loosh career high strikeouts. Hunter Elliott probably could have went a little deeper if a ball wasn't misplayed in right field. Uh, that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, I'm uh, with Southern Miss staff as well. Um, obviously all year everybody's talked about how good their arms are. Tanner Hall, um, oh, Hudson Wallstrip, um, you name them. Uh, the, the, the number two sits 96 to 100 consistently uh, as the number two, uh, not, not the primary ace. So, I mean, uh, from a pitching standpoint, it should be really, really interesting. Um, I do like Ole Miss's bats just a little bit more than Southern Miss's. Um, and this is not from – I just haven't watched enough of Southern Miss to know. Uh, but from a number standpoint and from what I saw against Drew McDaniel early in the year, uh, they really struggled against Drew. Drew, you know, set 92 to 93, topping out 94 there, and uh, just threw the ball across the plate and kind of said, here, hit it. And they, they kind of didn't. And I like Loosh, and I like the way Hunter Elliott match up with them. If it gets to a game three, um, I'd go Southern Miss. I don't think it gets to a game three. Uh, I think the Rebs are going to go to Omaha, and I think it's going to be on the shoulders of Dylan DeLucia and Hunter Elliott, and there's going to be a few runs manufactured in between them, but really, really low-scoring series um, in Hattiesburg. And, but if it gets to a game three, then that's when things get dicey. But I like the front-line pitching staff at least enough for Ole Miss uh, for them to be one Omaha. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm torn on this one. I, Southern Miss has been consistent all year. I, like Elizabeth, picked LSU, and I I didn't think that, you know, I thought they were fumbling down the stretch, but, you know, here they are. And it's a really, really tough regional for me to pick. You know, my heart wants Ole Miss, but my brain is kind of torn. Uh, I, I've talked myself into picking Ole Miss, though, simply because, you know, Obviously, they were the number one team in the country for a reason. They have the talent. And I think that they've finally awakened. And I think that I really think that this is the year they get to Omaha. And I'm a big, you know, historical guy. And if you remember in 2014, you know, this was kind of the same, the same team. Ole Miss, 
you know, you know, they won their home regional and then they went to U, uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette, you know, another mid-major like Southern Miss. And, you know, if you remember correctly, Mike Bianca was on the hot seat then. He's on the hot seat now. So I, I think he gets to Omaha and saves his job. I do have a question for both of y'all, though. With the really, really bad defensive play of Hayden Leatherwood in right field this weekend, um, you know, what do you think the the defensive alignment is going to be? Because Garrett Wood had some great at-bats against Arizona. Um, granted, that was against, you know, Arizona and their arms were not that great. But, I mean, he, he had some great at-bats and he played some good defense. Uh, so, Cade, what do, you, what do you think about that? Oh, I mean, with no matter if he is bad at the plate, are we getting any worse there? Uh, with with Tiege and Hayden down there, and I don't I don't really think so. Um, you saw the stat. I, I I know that against lefties has been atrocious, but we're we're not really losing a ton with the bat with him in there anyway. Uh, obviously, from a potential standpoint, we are because you know Leatherwood and um, McCants have shown you know the ability to have a lot of pop in the bat, but we haven't seen it for months now. Uh, I remember Tiege was batting close to the six hundreds. Uh, before conference play, and you know now it's down around you know two twenty, two thirty. So you run the numbers any way you want in conference and against good pitching. TJ McCants has really, really struggled this year. So I don't think you're losing a ton of bat anyway with Leatherwood in there. Uh, not Leatherwood with with uh, Garrett Wood in there. I don't think you're losing a ton of bat anyway. So you might as well put in uh, what your best defense alignment are. Move bench out there to center fielder. Uh, move, move bench out there to center field. Um, probably the only natural outfielder Ole Miss has on their roster finally gets to play his natural outfield spot in center. Uh, so now you have a center fielder. Uh, and then go out and track the balls in the gaps uh, a little bit better. TJ out there, and you know you're not losing a ton of bat with with Wood. And then obviously you know Calvin and Leatherwood have kind of flip flopped all year and right. So. I mean, that'll go by feel, but uh, from a defensive standpoint, I wouldn't be surprised if Harris is out there. And You know, I don't hate it. If you want to go Wood and Harris, then I don't think you're losing a ton. Uh, and you might be losing it from a potential standpoint, but at some point you have to play with what works instead of what you think can work in the future. Because right now, uh, yes, TJ McCants and Hayden Leatherwood are two of the more talented people on the roster. But as of right now, they have not been impressive. And, you know, it, it's shown. And so, you know, yeah, I, I like I like the Wood and I like the Harris in the lineup. And I think it should stay there until, you know, Ole Miss, until they play themselves out of it, um, especially because of a defensive. Because we talked about – I just talked about it earlier. It's going to be a big pitching and defense kind of series, I believe, because of the front line pitching for both teams. And you can't afford to just give up a run here and a run there in right field like we did last week. So um, I, I, I'd, I'd work. I'd go with what works defensively. And if we lose a little bit of bat, so be it. We wouldn't get in a lot of bat anyway. Yeah, I, I definitely think that what you do here is you put Garrett Wood at third. You put Calvin Harris, who is, in my opinion, the much better defensive right fielder than Leatherwood in right. And you put uh, JB out in center. Um, I, I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm a big numbers guy and I, I really think that this is, you have to, you know, prioritize defense and saving runs, um, especially against, you know, ev- everything you said is right because every run is going to matter and, um, you're going to need as much defense as possible. Uh, Elizabeth, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Cade made, you know, a really good point with all of that. Um, and I know y'all hate, like, leaving a decision, like a Bianco decision, I guess. Y'all are always talking about, oh, why would – it's another mic moment, blah, blah, blah. They played midweeks against each other twice earlier in the season. And I think, honestly, from a head coaching standpoint, he needs to just sit down. He needs to look and be like, look, I know midweeks are different. I know a whole different dynamic there. But you've got to look at how those certain players matched up about matched up with whoever pitched for Southern Miss in those games. I didn't keep up with those games super Super big. Um, I know, like, you know, who won, who lost. I know a little bit, but I would say at this point, you go with what has worked the majority of the season. Um, yes, that was very bad error, but I feel like almost every player at some point makes that kind of bad error. And I think if he's, if it's kind of worked other than that, then I say you stick with it. I say you go with, what you were going with when you played Southern Miss late. It was either late April or early May in the midweek, and you won. Um, personally, I don't know if there's too much of a big difference between kind of everyone being juggled around in the situation. I think Calvin Harris is a good option out there. Um, but I still – I do – I like Weatherwood. Maybe that's just me, but I would, I would keep him in. That, that, that's definitely a fair point. And the only thing I'll say to close this out about Mike Bianco is that if Derek Diamond is pitching on Monday and he throws more than three innings, I'm going to be a very, 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 very upset person. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Moving to the Corvallis Regional, Oregon State versus Auburn, Kate's favorite team. All right, um, let's see. Elizabeth, what do you have in this one? This was another one where I didn't have either of those teams in the Super Regionals. Um, I had Bandy and UCLA. Kind of looking back, that might have been kind of dumb. But um, Auburn and Oregon State. And this is probably the one that I've been the most conflicted on. Even last night, like, on the Twitter, you know, I picked who I thought, and I was like, dang. I ended up going with Oregon State. But I will say, if Auburn plays like they have for most of – the season minus a few games, you know, picking out a win here, maybe losing kind of a bad game. They shouldn't lose there. Oregon State is going to win. But if the Auburn team that played in their regional goes to Corvallis, Corvallis, however you say it, anyway, Auburn's going to win that. However, I don't know if they can keep up that regional magic, so I'd have to go with Oregon State. Cade, as a uh, beloved member of Auburn Twitter, who are you? Uh, who are you picking in this one? Um, shout out to Pablo and everybody here. Um, like I said, uh, Vandy uh, was the only team that I had originally in Omaha that is still not uh, that can still that that will not play in Omaha uh, officially. Um, but I I really like Auburn here. Um, I thought Oregon State really, really, you know, struggled against Vandy. And some of Vandy's, uh, granted, low-tier arms, there's no such thing at Vandy. But, you know, that being said, uh, I remember, if I recall correctly, Auburn either took two out of three or swept Vandy earlier in the year. I know they had the series, and they might have swept. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. 
but man, like I said, I really, really came away impressed with Auburn uh, last weekend, uh, more so than probably any other team in America. Um, so I, I like the lineup. I like the lineup a lot, and I like the way they hit behind Sonny Deshera, guys like Brody Moore, um, you know, to protect him in the lineup. Uh, Blake Rambush is a really good leadoff, um, really sets the table. Um, I like Auburn here, and I, I like Butch getting to Omaha again. And I, I don't, I don't think that uh, if Oregon State is not hanging around with Vandy's uh, backline arms, then uh, what makes what makes me want to pick Oregon State here? Uh, whenever Auburn was able to handle Vandy's frontline arms, uh, just from a common opponent standpoint. Granted, I know it's postseason baseball; things change. Uh, but Auburn's been pretty consistent all year, as has Oregon State. Uh, but I think Oregon State, you know, they were either swept or dropped two out of three to Arizona. And I watched Arizona this week. Uh, very unimpressed with them as well. Uh, and obviously, like I said, we all thought the West was down. I think the West actually be up. Uh, a lot of teams just beat up on one another. I like Auburn here. Um, I like who Auburn um, has seen and faced. I think they're a little more battle-tested. And, you know, they've been in environments like this. They had to go to the dude this year. And, you know, they kind of choked two away there. Uh, so uh, I think that them being in these big moments like that all throughout the year, um, them playing good ball at the right time. I like their bats. I like Sonny D. And I like the way they hit behind him. Uh, I like Rambush. I, I like Auburn here. Yeah, I, I... – you know, as much as it pains me, I've, I've got to go with Auburn here as well. Um, Auburn really took care of UCLA, of UCLA and their regional. And if you look throughout teams, and I know this, this, you know, may not be a huge factor, but if you look at teams that Oregon State struggled with this year, and maybe it was just a matchup, but they really struggled with UCLA. Uh, they were two and five, two and four against them this year, uh, two and three. But I mean, it's a very, very tough thing because I know that going going to uh, Corvallis is going to be tough for Auburn, but Auburn's hot, man. They Their offense is on fire. They're playing good baseball. And, you know, I've got to go with Auburn here. And, you know, Butch Thompson has just done a phenomenal job at Auburn. Um, as we both know that – or as we all know that the uh, the Alabama – the schools in Alabama that play college baseball, it is a, they're all hard jobs um, due to their scholarship limitations. And Butch Thompson has just done a phenomenal job there. So, yeah, I, I've got to go Auburn here. Um just a side note, all of the times for these regionals, I mean, for these super regionals are just awful. Uh, like, I mm-hmm. I cannot imagine having to play, let's see, so East Carolina, for example, the biggest games of their season are at 12 o'clock on Friday during a workday, 12 o'clock on Saturday, and Sundays and if, if necessary, but I'm, I'm assuming it'll be at 12 o'clock as well. So those are just awful, awful times. Um, and same with this this Corvallis Regional. I know it's on the West Coast, but the first pitch for Saturday is at 10.30 p.m. Central Time. Oh. And, yes, and Sunday is 10 p.m. Central Time. That That's just brutal. I mean, I, I don't uh, – it's going to be tough to stay awake for those games, but uh, I'll definitely it's – only, It's only so they can get it all televised. Um, otherwise, the times wouldn't be like that. And somebody has to get the bad draws uh, when it comes down to it. And if you want them all televised, which we do, we don't want to pay that ESPN fee, do we, Elizabeth? No. Um, so uh, shout out to them to getting all the times on there so they can get televised. 
but I agree. You're, you're going to have some people kind of get shafted uh, from a time standpoint, um, especially, you know, like you said, East Carolina, 12 o'clock and the biggest game, maybe like one of the biggest games of school history there because yes. it's Texas. Yes. And, you know, um, and right there noon on a Friday work day, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people take off. But uh, I'm sure it'll be very, very hot. And right there in the middle of the day, the lights aren't on. And you're kind of just rolling, not really rolling out of bed, but you're, you know, kind of waking up 9, 930, then getting on the bus and going. No no time to kind of let the jitters settle in a little bit. So you, you better be ready to play ball. Um, but some people are just going to get shafted with times. That's how it is if you want them all televised. Uh, I'm just glad they're all going to be televised in some way. Um, it's very unfortunate, though, that, you know, teams like Auburn, you know, aren't playing until 1030 at night. And some teams get the other short end of the stick or they're playing at noon Eastern or whatever, well, you know, really close in the morning. Uh, but I am glad that we get the ability to watch, you know, all the games on TV. No, yeah, I was not a fan of uh, of putting everything else on ESPN+. Plus. Um, that was – that was I, luckily I have an ESPN – plus account, but it was still just very frustrating to not be able to watch everything on there. I, I think the worst time slot and on, on this is going to be the uh, the 3 o'clock Ole Miss and Southern Miss game. Being from this South Mississippi. It's going to be so hot. It, oh, yes. The peat is not for, – for the people who don't know, the peat is metal bleachers, oh. and it is going to be miserable there. The turf, <laughs> uh, oh, it's going to be awful. The peat um, is not for the weak and hard is what you're saying. Yes, the Pete. I, I've been there in late May, um, and it is it is not fun. I oh, that's all. I mean it. It's brutal. Three o'clock in the afternoon. That's the hottest part of the day in South Mississippi. It's going to be. It's going to be brutal. But uh, yeah. I will say this about the TV things though, Luker. The squeeze play is awesome. It's one yes. of the best things that ESPN does all the way around the board. It was phenomenal, especially with Chris Burke on there doing it. He is perfect for that job. Squeeze play is phenomenal. I hope it never, ever ends. You get little live look ins. I remember at one point, you know, there were four one-run games going on in all four, and the bases were juiced in two of them. And I was thinking to myself, this is happening. This is awesome. And uh, I think that they did a phenomenal job kind of rotating games there, giving us little look ins uh, to see what was going on in each, you know, helping people, you know, that don't have the, the ESPN Plus out as well. Um, one of my favorite, and at one point, you know, I, I think college baseball as a sport is really, really up right now as well. Um, I, I think, you know, you got some, uh, for example, I kind of think college football is down. Uh, the parity is not near as wide um, as it is, especially in baseball. But I really think college baseball is up. You have one villain and then a bunch of just really good teams right behind them and chasing that villain. And it's a new villain. It's not a villain that everybody's used to seeing in, in Tennessee right there, not a traditional baseball powers. I think baseball as a whole is really, really up. It's really, really intriguing. And, you know, I remember thinking to myself while watching Squeeze play, I'm like, I don't know if college baseball has ever been as good of a sport as it is right now. Um, and I, tweet, I tweeted that out. But, I mean, you look at it, you know, uh, outside of Tennessee, there's not any 50-win teams or teams really approaching it beside UConn. I mean, you have – uh, you know, Stanford at 40, at 43 wins now, 44 wins, just not a ton of teams that are superbly dominant, a bunch of parody all throughout college baseball. And it made for a super, uh, interesting regional weekend. Yeah. I, I, I as well have to give a shout out to 
uh, ESPN squeeze play was great. Also a big shout out to uh, Chris Burke, Houston Astros legend. Um, you're actually the first Braves fan that I've heard give a shout out to uh, Chris Burke. Um, and if you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, not you, you'll have to watch it at some point. But um, Chris Burke is a perfect segue because I'm going to do something. Um, you know, I'm obviously a big MLB guy, so I, I wanted to do a little, um, you know, SEC and the MLB, just just a highlight of some SEC players, uh, former SEC players that are tearing it up um, the past two weeks or so in the MLB. Um, the first one I'm going to go with here is Pete Alonzo from Florida. Um, just to throw a couple numbers at you, he has a 909 OPS, a 158 OPS plus, and a 1.5 WAR. Um, he's on the running for NL MVP, and the Mets are just doing crazy, crazy things. They have that voodoo magic going on. Um, trendy pick for the World Series. Um, so I, I, Pete Alonso, he's doing great. Uh, Kevin Gossman from LSU. 279 ERA, uh, 1.61 FIP, uh, 1.4 WAR, and a 140 ERA plus. Absolutely killing it with his splitter. Um, doing great in Toronto, former LSU Tiger there. Uh, Ryan Stanek, Houston Astros reliever from Arkansas, has a .95 ERA, a .89 WHIP, a 401 ERA plus, and a .7 WAR, which is absolutely insane for a reliever. Um, and I've got to go with the Atlanta Brave, um, Dansby Swanson from Vanderbilt. In his past three weeks, he's had an 876 OPS, but throughout the whole season, he's had a 2.1 WAR and a 112 OPS plus. Uh, I know he had an awful start to the season, but he's you know he's a good shortstop, and maybe he'll uh, get a, a long-term deal there in Atlanta. And um, but yeah, so those are our SEC players of the week. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, for listening. We're gonna have another episode out next week, recapping the Super Regionals and uh, previewing Omaha. So, yeah, thank you guys so much.